Praise God. Thank you again for tuning in to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Cumberland podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin. And uh, just excited again to share with you the word. Uh, man, this is uh, the, the word I want to share with you today was something I recently ministered at a church we were at. And uh, man, God moved in a big way. And, and you know, I, I pray that everything that I say through these podcasts, I, I pray that everything that you hear, uh, that you would allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to give you what the Word of the Lord says. And the Word of the Lord will change and transform your life. But but I got to thinking before I went and ministered at this church and, and uh, just uh, before sharing this podcast, you know, I think about the world that we live in today and and, uh, you know, I watch the news and it's not always a good thing. I normally have to pray, feel like I have to take a spiritual shower after watching the news. But uh, if you watch the news, if you read anything about the news, we're living in a world today. And, and it seems like everybody believes that it's their right, that they have they have free will. You can't tell them what to do. We, we've got people that, um, you know, they think that as an American that, they have rights. They have free will to do whatever they want. They, they, you know, defund the police, uh, gay pride, uh, you know, that it's, it's their right to kill unborn babies, that it's their right to do drugs if they want to do drugs, that it's, you know, everybody's wanting to argue about their rights and their free will and freedom of speech. And the reality is, is, is if you go back and you do any, study of history, our founding fathers were men of God, and, and they set in order the Constitution of the United States. And within the Constitution, we were given laws, and we were, we were, we were given rules that we need to follow, and the government was established to uphold those laws. But when a government in and of itself begins to break down and they don't follow the laws of the land, they don't follow the laws of the nation, they don't follow the laws that were established for us, what happens is that nation ends up in bondage. They end up in bondage of debt, bondage of war, bondage to other nations. Look at the children of Israel. Look at how many times where they thought they could do their own thing and they would worship false gods and they begin to live according to their free will instead of living according to the rules that God had set down for them. Every time they did that, they ended up in debt and they were having to pay and, and tear the gold off of the temple and, and take things out of the temple to be able to give to people to pay them off or, or they were taking in bondage to other nations and, and they were, they were, uh, they were taken, uh, captive to, to Babylonians or to the Medes or the Persians or or the Philistines or whoever it was because they did not follow the laws. When individuals choose to no longer follow the law, they too end up in bondage. Bondage to drugs, bondage to debt, bondage to jail, or worse still, the lies of the enemy, which will lead you to a bondage of eternal damnation. See, the only way out of bondage is change. Changing from disobedience to repentance. This does not mean that you will not pay a price for your disobedience because we know that the Bible says that whatsoever things we sow, that we shall also reap. So there is a punishment for our disobedience. But if you will truly repent... Truly turn from your wicked ways and change and follow the right path. Follow the path that God has set before you. You will be restored. 
I believe that if we would repent as a nation, God will restore the blessings to this land. I believe if we repent as a government, that God will bless our government. I believe if we repent as a people, God will bring an awakening to our land. And this COVID and all of these storms and and so much of the violence that's going on, it's up to us to choose to repent. Or we can continue to live in disobedience and we will find ourselves in more and more bondage. In about 1200 BC, the children of Israel had once again fell into disobedience and were handed over into bondage of the Philistines. But the people of the Lord, but but the people cried out and the Lord heard their cry. The Lord heard their repentance and that God sent them a deliverer, a judge per se, to help them get out of their bondage. But just like many of us, just like many people in the United States today, just like many people living in the world today, just like many of those that graduate the Adult and Teen Challenge program, how quickly they forget. They forget that they were once in jail. They forget how bad it used to be when they used to live on the streets. They forget what it was like to be hungry. They forget what it was like to be in bondage. They forget what it was like to be in debt. They forget all those things, and they quickly return back to how they once were. And this is what took place back in 1200 B.C. for the children of Israel. Go with me, if you can, to Judges chapter 13. Very familiar story to many of those if you've ever read the Bible. The story of Samson. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but I want to refer to this. And I want you to look at it from the eyes of where we are living as a nation and as of individuals. That Samson would be our example. The Bible says in Judges 13 verses 4 through 5. It says, now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite from God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, I want to share with you a very simple message because, you know, let's face it, I'm a pretty simple preacher. You know, I thank God for highly educated people. I thank God for professional theologians that can teach Hebrew and Greek and give their articulate messages. But the reality is if you don't understand their messages, it doesn't matter how eloquent of a minister they are or how eloquent of a speaker they are. If you don't understand and if you don't know how to follow, then it means nothing. So I'm a practical theologian. I'm here to tell you that that if you don't repent... If you don't turn from your wicked ways, if you don't make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you will go to hell. That's the truth. I spoke to a young man just the other day that was in the Putnam County Jail, and he was wanting to come into our program, and he's looking at a seven-year jail sentence. And so I interviewed him. I told him about Teen Challenge. I asked him if he was serious. And, And then I asked him, I said, listen, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? He said, Pastor Tim, I think that I'm in a good place of mind. I think overall I'm a genuinely good person. I believe in God, and and so I think that I would go to heaven. I said, son, I need you to hit your knees. I need you to acknowledge that you're a sinner. I need you to ask God to wash you in the precious blood of Jesus, and I need you to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. See, your goodness is, is filthy without Jesus. And good people are dying every day and going to hell 
because they have not repented of their sins and they have not made Jesus Lord of your life. It doesn't matter what place you're in mentally. It doesn't matter what you call church. It doesn't matter who your family is or how good you think you are. You are nothing without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This young man began to weep and he said, Yes, sir, you're absolutely right. I would go to hell, but I'm going to hit my knees right now and I'm going to pray. Listen to me, saints of God. It's time to get real and it's time to get right. The children of Israel were in bondage and God sent them a deliverer. The angel of the Lord was very specific. He said, no razor shall come upon this head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. I I believe that the the razor and, and his hair represent the anointing of God. I believe the, the fact that he was, he was going to be a Nazarite was the fact that he was, he was a man who had the mantle of God, the anointing of God upon him. I don't believe anywhere ever do we find the United States of America in our Bible. Our Bible is a Hebrew Bible and it's a story of the Hebrew people, but we can learn some things from this Hebrew Bible about who we are. And I believe when the anointing of God was upon this nation, when men and women came from England, when they came to this land, God was with our forefathers, but we have drifted away. And much like this this Nazarite, we have have walked away from the things of God. Now again, I'm not going to read to you all three chapters, but I want you to, to identify with some things about this Samson, who was the strongest man that ever lived. God had given him a special assignment, a specific instructions. God had ordained, uh, uh, anointed him to be a, a judge, to be a deliverer from the Philistines, to be, to be God's instrument for deliverance. The Bible says in Judges 13, 24, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Now read the story for yourself and you'll find out in Judges 13, 14, and 15 uh, through 16 that, that Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. Samson carried the gates of the city on his back all the way to the top of a hill. Samson whipped and stripped 30 men for their clothes. And Samson killed another thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Samson was born and blessed to deliver his people from the Philistines. God did not call him to do anything else. God's purpose for Samson was destroy Philistines and set my people free. See, the only catch was is that he was a Nazarite and he could not cut his hair. That was his only thing. Follow the rules that I have given you, Samson. Do not cut your hair. Do not walk away from the anointing that I've put upon you. But look what the Bible says. Judges chapter 16, verses 18 through 20. says, When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came to her and brought the money into her hand. Then she lulled Samson to sleep in her knees and called for a man to come shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from a sleep and said, I will go out just like before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know 
that the Lord had departed from him. Friends, I come to tell you that no matter what your name is, what your family name is, who your mama is, who your daddy is, how much money you have, or how much God has blessed you, disobedience will cost you. Because of disobedience, Samson lost his power. Judges 16.21 says that the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. You say, well, Pastor Tim, I don't have any power. I disagree. As a born again believer, as a child of God, the Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, because of disobedience, because of not taking care of yourself, because of not doing the things God has told you to do, we allow the enemy to torment us and cause sickness and anxiety and depression and obesity and addiction. Now, am I saying that all sickness means that you're in sin? No, but I understand that we're fleshly beings. But to the majority of illnesses come because people are disobedient and they do not follow what God has told us. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, our body is the temple of God. Knowing that the Spirit of God lives in you, knowing that God said we need to take care of ourselves, do we pray the way we're supposed to pray? Do we eat the way we're supposed to eat? Do we fast and pray? Or are we gluttons? Are we lazy? Do we fail to exercise? Do we choose to live how we want to live? And that's why so many become sick. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, He gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Listen, obedience leads to, uh, to, to a lack of health, and it, it removes the power to heal. Just like drug addiction, sticking drugs in your body, removes the power that God has placed upon you. Lying, sexual sin, all of these things will lead us to disobedience which will lead us to losing our power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You should be witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, when a Christian is living in disobedient life, you're not a witness. What are you telling other people? Are you trying to say that you know God and that you're a Christian, but you're living an unholy life? That's not a true witness. We have been given the Holy Spirit to be a witness but the power to be a good witness requires obedience to a good God. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. See, disobedience will cost you your power. Disobedience will also cost you your position. Judges 16.24 says, When the people saw him, they Praise their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of the land, and the one who multiplied our dead. See, Samson had the position of a judge. He was a Nazarite. He was a man called by God. 
but his disobedience caused him to lose his position. And now he was a laughingstock to those that he was sent to destroy. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, says that of you and I, we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are his own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, again, I understand that this is written to the Jewish nation, but I believe when we are born again, we are grafted in. And as a people, we are a chosen generation. And as a Christian nation, we are a royal priesthood. We are his special people. But when we get into disobedience, we walk away from being priests and chosen people to being transgressors. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 6, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, we are positioned with God in Christ in heavenly places. But when we fall into disobedience and we do not repent, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 4, says, He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Disobedience will take you from priest to liar and transgressor. And you will lose the position that God has put you in. Disobedience will cost you your power. And disobedience will cost you your position. And disobedience will also cost you your purpose. Samson's purpose was to destroy those that were oppressing God's people. But his disobedience caused him to go from hero to zero. The Bible says in Judges 16, 25, So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them. We are not called to lord over people. We are not called to make people feel less than us. But we are called to tell people about Jesus and to teach them how to live for him. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, For you, brethren, have been so called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another. See, we are called to serve people. Our purpose as a child of God is to win others to Christ, to live a life of love, to live a holy life, to serve the Lord using whatever gifts you have been given in service to others and to work at transforming this broken world. But if we fall into disobedience and do not fulfill our God-given purpose, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5.15, says, If you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. This is what's happening in the world today. We are consuming one another in hate. Because many have sinned, they have lost the power to witness. They have lost their position as a child of the king. And they have lost the purpose to win souls to Christ Jesus. It's time for us to repent, to turn from our wicked ways, and to cry out to our Heavenly Father. See, when Samson repented, the Bible says because he repented, he gained his strength. 
Judges 16, 28 says, Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may be with one blow, take vengeance on the Philistines for my eyes. See, the problem with so many today is pride. Pride will cause us to lose our power, our position, and our purpose. But humility and repentance will give us back our strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that at times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. If you are weary and weak, call out to the Father and repent in the name of Jesus, and he will give you strength in times of refreshing so you can fulfill the purpose of God. Because of repentance, Samson gained his strength. Not only did he gain his strength, he gained success. Judges 16.30 says, Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might, and the temple fell on the lords and the people who were in it, so that the dead that he killed in his death were more than he killed in his life. When we repent, God hears us and forgives us and puts us on the right track to fulfill his will for humanity. Hebrews 12 one says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded with such a great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight of sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, as he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Saints of God, when we repent, we can run the race that God has set before us. We can endure the pain and the trials and the tribulations, knowing that we have a greater reward. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to do and to do for his good pleasure. When we repent, we will gain his strength, and we will have success to fulfill his purpose And most importantly, we will receive his salvation. Judges 16, 28 says, Then Samson called to the Lord God, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. We know that the Lord hurt Samson because of the outcome. I believe because of his repentance, he received his eternal reward. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says, And what more shall I say? For the time would would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of also David, and the prophet, who through faith subdued kingdoms, works righteousness, and obtained promises. I believe they obtained the promise. I believe because Samson cried out to God, he received the promise of eternal life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It was not because of of what Samson did that he was saved. It was because of what Samson believed and whom he believed in. You cannot get into heaven by your works, but only by your faith. Titus chapter 2, verse 4 and 6 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Let me ask you today, what areas of your life are you walking in disobedience? 
What are you doing that has cost you your power, your position, and your purpose? You can repent today and call out to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Ask Him to wash you clean with the precious blood of our Lord and Savior. Whether you have never been saved before or you've been saved and you're walking in disobedience, I'm asking you today, would you repent and ask the Lord to strengthen you for success that He has called you to so that you may inherit the kingdom of God and the salvation that Jesus paid for? See, we'll never win the world if we are lost ourselves. We'll never see true revival in our nation or in our churches until we learn to repent. It's time for us to cry out to God. Tell Him that we're sorry for our disobedience and ask Him to give us a new heart and a right spirit. Would you call out to Him today and repent of your disobedience? Father, I pray for each and every one that's listening today that, Father, this word has struck their heart Whether they're saved or they're a sinner, Father, we all have got areas of our life that we are in disobedience and we need you to save us, to cleanse us, to heal us, and to make us new. Father, I pray today for each and every one listening to this word that they would repent and turn from their wicked ways and cry out to a loving God and that their lives would forever be transformed for your glory. Father, I pray for our nation. I pray for our president, for our vice president, for our Congress and our Senate and our judiciary. I pray for every governor of every state. I pray, Father, for revival in our land. I pray for every pastor of every church of every denomination that we would quit backbiting one another, but that we would be united in our message. We need Jesus. We need revival. We need a healing in our land, and it will only come through repentance. Father, thank you for each and every one that's listening. Bless them mightily, I pray. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If we can ever do anything for you, don't hesitate to call us. Have a great week.